I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome along to the Short Baller Rugby Pass podcast. Today is the 5th of October, New Zealand time. Scotty Stevenson alongside Mills and Mulioina. What are we going to talk about on the Short Ball today, Mills? I don't know. How about we talk about how expensive Wilson's car parks are? Wilson's who, car who is park? Wilson? Actually, every time I look at Wilson's, I think it's that show, I mean, that, that movie that uh, Tom Hanks was on, you know, the one off that bloody... Uh, oh, the beach the, ball. The, the beach oh, the volleyball. Ball. And now, so all I want to do is kick Wilson in the head. Yeah. $42 cost me. For what? For half a day's parking yesterday. $42. Hey, and for a uni student, I tell you what, oh. I believe they're an Australian company, and uh, I can give you a potted history on Wilson's car parking. Can Are you? you ready for this? So these guys, two hood rat surfers who used to park outside some dude's dairy on the northern beaches in Sydney, yep. and he used to get really pissed off for them because yep. they were taking up his car parks, obviously. So one of them said, well, look, how about we park in that car park and we'll give you $10? And the guy goes... Yeah, okay. So he had a little spare car park out the side, and the guys thought, this is a great deal. So when they weren't using it, they started subleasing it to their other surfy mates. Oh. And then they decided this is an easy way to make money. Yeah. And now they're the biggest car parking company in the Southern is, Hemisphere. Is, is that actually true, or are you just shitting me? That's true, and they're all going to burn in hell. Yeah, well, Which well, may or may not be true, but, but it should be true. Part of me did say, I hope there's a good story to this, because some guy was onto it to buy yeah. a bloody just a car park or a, a piece of land right. and put car parks on it and right. then the other part told me once I sort of took that $42 out of my card mm-hmm. said it was a blimmin prick yeah but he's rich bastard well they are I don't know how many Wilsons there are we need to come up with an idea mate we, we could sell car parks we could sell the studio space I could well, sublease we can't now, mate. I mean the, the price of this area here mate, would be yeah but we don't have to tell anyone who owns it we can just start subleasing it to other people Pretend that we're in it and then start subleasing. How much would we get for half an hour of studio time here? Mate, I wouldn't know, but maybe, we'll, we, we'll maybe put, we just stick to things that we do know about, and that's rugby. Mad Chapman can be part of the deal. We'll just She won't mind. We'll sell her with it. She's the producer today. Hey, so hey, we'll just say hey. producer, desk, sound recording booth. Guns with it. Let's start selling that on the side. I'm telling you, mate, we need to, we need to think outside the box. To be, the perfect, to be perfectly honest, Mills, anyone who rents this space off it would do a better job on this podcast than we would anyway. Let's get back to footy, mate, because uh, <clears throat> let me clear my throat for this. Why is Southern Hemisphere rugby so shit? Oh. There is one team in this rugby championship and everyone else is battling. There's daylight between them. And, mm. and I don't say that as a Kiwi. I, I've got no bias. I lost my patriotism years ago. But the fact <laughs> remains... 57-0 over South Africa. They beat Argentina with their B team on Sunday morning New Zealand time. 
They've dusted Australia twice. First time was a hammering. Second time, they played poorly and still won. Yeah. Is anyone else talking about South Africa, Australia, Argentinian rugby in any positive light whatsoever right now? Well, I don't even know if they're actually talking about them full stop. You exactly, know? right. And I think... What's just really disappointing is, you know, the game in South Africa, you know, the Australian versus... I know they, it was another draw, and who would have picked that? Yeah, let's, let's right there. I mean, it's a bloody nice story. Mm. But, man, I mean, to get to that, and you're thinking far out, this this absolutely sucks. So, mm. has Southern Hemisphere rugby gone backwards? Well, I think the end of year tour will determine that, you know, a lot. And, and I kind of, and, and I'm thinking it possibly has a part from the All Blacks. Now, you know, don't get me wrong, you know, I love seeing the All Blacks winning all the time, but... You know, there's something wrong with the other the other teams, especially when you're talking about three or four weeks ago. We're saying, "Oh no, how good South Africa yeah. rugby is going to be!" Big turnaround. And Here's the big turnaround. No, they're back and they're not. Yeah, and, and you you cannot gloss over that anymore. And I certainly know their fans aren't. No, Alistair Kutsia has been under pressure from the moment he got that job. Still under pressure today. Yeah. Look, I, just, I can't see them winning this game. Now, you've played in Cape Town, and I know Jamie Wall's putting a piece together for Rugby Pass this week about your experiences in Cape Town. What was your what was your overarching memory of playing in that stadium? Because everyone talks about the fact that a lot of the coloured population in the Cape will always support oh. any team bar the South Africans. Absolutely, and and it's not at, you know it's not just what you get at the stadium. As soon as you set foot, you know, off that plane, you know, all you see is a sea of black. Uh, black all black jerseys, you know, and then mm. you walk out and they start singing the national anthem, mm. and it's as if if you're back in New Zealand. And so when you turn up, I mean, I think the year that we we bet the uh, the springs up, it might be in two, two, 2009, They actually booed, they booed their team, you know. And these are people that are. Can you imagine that in, in New Zealand? No. Your own fans mm. uh, in Springbok jerseys, and then when the bus pulls in, they're actually booing your the home the home side. <laughs> and so. I mean, the, the, the stadium itself and playing in sort of a boxed and sort of a massive matchbox, if, if you can describe it like that, is fantastic, you know. And But to have support, um, like the way that the, um, the coloured and the, and the black people um, support you over there is, is, you know, it's like you're playing a home game. You've won a test there, 19-0, uh, which up until the Albany massacre a couple of weeks ago was the last time the Springboks had been held to nil in a oh, test match. Wow. Do you remember that game? I vaguely remember that game. I don't remember it being... It took a lot of head knocks, eh, Milsey? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did, I did over the years. All those big tackles I used to make. Oh, last all those daggles, defense. daggle, daggle, yeah. daggle. <laughs> I don't actually remember that, but that's... Yeah, it's 19-0. No, I, I, I kind of vaguely remember we struggled in the first mm. sort of half, mm. um, and I think we just spoke about it before. DC, you know, man, didn't manage to nail over a few kicks, and, you know, before you know it, you're on the back foot. Don't know how he got player of the day. That Did he get player of the day? So I don't know how that happens. So he couldn't do his cool job, but still got player of the day. That's such a Dan Carter story. It is, and he, he did score a mean, mean no, ass that's try. That's all right then. Damn it. You lost there too. So it's not. Uh, it is New Zealand's most successful ground in South Africa in terms of their winning record in South Africa. Yep. I think Cape Town, by far and away, is is the place they've won the most tests. So I stand to be corrected on that, but I'm pretty sure that's right. The most tests. Against, that, against the Springboks. Against the Springboks. In terms of percentage of the test played there. Oh, they've probably only played like three or four. Ah, oh, yeah. Well, there's a few more than that, mate. Okay. We go back a while. Yeah, yeah, true, true. First one there, I think, was 1928. First time they played in Cape Town. Really? Yeah, that goes back a wee while. Itch. <laughs> yep. And they wouldn't have won that. No. They wouldn't have won <laughs> The referee would have been in the Springbok jersey in those days. Hey, I do want to get serious on this. A letter was sent to Sansa yesterday. Uh, to Andy Marinos, uh, Marinos the, uh, the CEO of Sansa. Uh, and, and it starts this. Rugby requires change. Below international level, the rot has set in. 
Audiences are dwindling. The rule book is incomprehensible. Australian rugby is imploding. Pacific Islands rugby is languishing. Great players leave for the Northern Hemisphere, a hemisphere, the only place they can be paid their worth. Now, the letter goes on, but it basically says Sanzar is not doing the job. The people who wrote that letter, David Shine and Jeff Levy, two men who were actively involved in World Rugby Corporation back in 1995, end of 95, 96, the advent of professional rugby here in the Southern Hemisphere. There are some unhappy people at the moment. Yeah. Unhappy people. And I only bring this letter up, and, and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put a copy of this up on Rugby Pass for you to read, but... The fact is, Australian rugby's in all sorts at the moment. South African rugby is in all sorts at the moment, purely because we used to say, remember, don't worry about super rugby results. When it comes to international teams, Australia will field a great yeah. first 15, South Africa will field a great yes. first 15. That's not happening anymore. No. They have been cut up so badly by the Exodus North yep. and South Africa, that's a continuing problem for them. Yep. I don't think you can say that anymore. I think super rugby is an accurate reflection of the state of the game full stop in those two nations oh absolutely and i actually seen that that, oh, that came through in my email as well i started reading it and i was thinking actually there's some truth to that then i sort of got sort of um distracted a little bit with <laughs> chemistry <laughs> <and> <laughs> i was like yeah, I, I put it in my trash yeah. anyway but there is truth to that you know and if you think back and unfortunately the rand isn't doing you know too well over in south africa no. guys you know were easily getting picked up um in europe and in you know well, well let's not forget japan well, japan, japan here is the one is the country no one wants to talk about no how many <laughs> how many south african rugby players and are coaches yeah are, are earning millions of yen yeah. in in japan right now yeah everyone thinks it's purely a northern issue yeah. but some of the very best springboks are playing rugby in japan yes i mean and talking about that why aren't they then picking those South African players up in the Sunwolves. I That's mean, a good point. You know, they, you know they, they could strengthen the Sunwolves in some sort of way. I there's massive issues. You know, there's there's no doubt about it. There's massive issues when you're talking. You know, the Australian um, they can't seem to get themselves together. They're all on different sort of pages. South Africa, uh, this oh, you know, there's so many issues there. It's not funny, you know, and, and perhaps you know the way the Lions, um, you know, they kind of hid, you know, the success of the Lions this mm, year mm. and in the last couple of years has probably hidden all those p- sort of problems. You know, when you're winning, you don't seem to look at the other things. Now at the highest level, it's you know, it's all coming out, you know, so well, and it's those, disappointing. And those two nations have something in common as well. I, I know we've put Argentina to one side at the moment. Yep. We all know my feelings about Argentinian rugby and their lack of improvement over the last five years. But Australia now allow players to be picked from outside yeah. of Super Rugby. Yeah. Yes, albeit with the veteran caveat on that. And For what, 70 odd caps or something? Right, and the Springboks are doing the same. There is no doubt in my mind that if your best players aren't playing in Super Rugby, you're never going to field the international side you can because that competition remains tough as teak. Oh, man. And that toughens up athletes. I just look at the New Zealand structure at the moment, and, and yes, you can criticise New Zealand rugby for all myriad things, but they have the central contracting right. Yeah. And that is getting results on the international field, yeah. especially against their what should be their greatest rivals. The problem for the rugby championship is if we don't see improvement, What's people's reason for watching? No, I know. And, you know, how good is that in terms of our competition? Mm. You know, when we're playing and beating South Africa by 57-0, oh, I mean, that's unheard of. Yeah, it's not And so, I mean, yes, we've got it right. And, and, and you know, we, there was a lot of criticism about players coming back after, you know, going overseas and playing in different competitions. Well, mm. no, we've got it right here. Um, but what worries me is if it continues to go this way, 
then are we all of a sudden in the Northern Hemisphere are getting better? Are we yeah. all of a sudden saying, well, is there any chance we could play in that competition, the yeah. Six Nations, and then the travel factor comes into it and things like that? I hope it doesn't, well, it shouldn't get to that, mm. but there is some serious issues when you're talking a 57-0 hiding to, to one of our biggest rivals. Yeah, Millsy, look, Super Rugby has just killed three teams. Meanwhile, English club rugby is going from strength to strength. Regardless of what you think of the style of game, uh, the club game's in good shape. French club rugby's in good shape. The Pro 14, as it is now, is growing. Yep. You know, the Northern Hemisphere is stealing a march here. All the narrative in rugby right now belongs to them, yep. bar the All Blacks. Yeah, absolutely. And by including those two South African teams, it's going to make them better. All mm. of a sudden, the style is a little bit different. You know, they're going to um, you know, play you know, is it the, uh, the Cheetahs and the, and the Kings. Mm. And... You know, teams will analyse the way they've been playing. Now they're, they're the bottom team in Super Rugby, but you know, at least they're going to get into the competition where you know styles are a little bit different, and you're going to you're not always playing the same team every year that they do in, in the Pro 12. So they have taken a big big leap in that. Unfortunately, you know, I'm you know we're sort of almost becoming the the poor cousins, but mm. we've always had the biggest the, you know the brand of rugby that we play has, has been the best. Unfortunately, yeah. it sort of seems like it's going that right, way. You've got to have something underneath the All Blacks. You're on the Short Baller Rugby Pass podcast, just discussing a letter that's been released by a couple of agitators for change in Sanzar and Super Rugby and Australian rugby in particular. That the the notion here that if we carve away everything underneath the All Blacks you're not going to have the All Blacks. Eventually, they're not going to be there. You're not going to have sustainable competition against the best players in the world, which is what we used to call Super Rugby. Mm. How many people are making that claim now? (laughs) I don't think you can. I still love Super Rugby. Don't get me wrong. Massive fan of it. But the criticism now is starting to resonate about uh, the makeup of this competition, how convoluted it is. Yeah. I think change does need to be made. And and also, the relationship between New Zealand and Australia, we've spoken about this Mm. on the podcast before, We have got to start, I think, uh, as New Zealanders, as New Zealand rugby, start looking for some allies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Because we need to have a strong Southern Hemisphere. At the moment, there is one team in the Rugby Championship. They won it with two games to spare. With two games to spare. I know. That sucks. Yeah, well, look, great for them. Congratulations. But as a competition... Yeah. There's yeah, no and, and I want to say that sucks. I mean, I'm talking about the, as as a competition, and I, and I think, you know, you're lucky to even get to one game before you know you've actually won. I think we 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 done it one year in 2007 where we mm. knew you know going into the last game that we'd sort of won it. But the the I suppose the um oh you know the hardest thing about it is it's only going one way. You know, yeah. Next year, we, we could be sitting here this time next year, and it's even worse. And, and you're right. I think we do need to help uh, the the Australians in, in some sort of way, and it's actually try and, and lift things there. And, and saying that, how? You know, that's the biggest question. You know, how do we actually make sure that we we can lift, lift their game? Yeah, look, I, I'm not blaming anyone other than Australian rugby yeah. for the current state of affairs in that country. That that no one else deserves the blame for that. They're, they're the architects of their own demise. The monies they've spent over the last ten years, the development at grassroots level that has been negligible. Their teams have been custard. Their Wallabies can't win the Blitters Low Cup. You know, none of that is anyone else's fault. 
But, but I do want to make sure that if we looked around at a more macro level than just our own self-interest as New Zealand, as Australia, as South Africa, as Argentina, we've got to strengthen the Southern Hemisphere. You, yeah. you really do. Otherwise, what's the reason for a 15-year-old kid to stick around Super Rugby? It'll happen. They will start taking them 16, 17, put them into academy programs in the north. Oh, it will happen. They already are. I mean, there's already there, there it is uh, talk about that sort of happening. I mean, perhaps perhaps we could come up with an idea where our Mitre 10 Cup sort of, you know, we play in the same sort of, um, I mean, what do they call it over there in Australia, the, the version of NPC? Or the NRC? Yeah, possibly, possibly a version of that to help them out for a start, of, you know. Um, but, you know, you talk about guys exiting. Well, if the All Black are playing against Southern Hemisphere teams that they're beating them 50, 60, I mean... It's not happening, right? Will guys in the All Blacks then hang around? Will the drive to become an All Black mm-hmm. then, you know, um, be around? Right, you, you played 100 tests for the All Blacks. What do you think? I don't, I don't think it will be. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's that's everything you want to you want to do. You want you want to be an All Black. You want to be an All Black as long as you can. And you know that every single time you get out into that field, you, you don't want to lose. The expectation to win is massive. Not... You don't want to go into the expectation, oh, okay, if we play crap this week, uh, you know, we'll still win by 20 or 30-odd points. Um, yeah, you might get it one or two games, but if you're getting it every single game... Oh, oh here he is. Oh, oh, here he is. Just in time to interrupt Millsy. He was in full swing then, Beaver. Oh, oh that have been enlightening. Yeah, it was enlightening, but he just he, he segued into Mitre 10 Cup and he's just started a massive dissertation on whether kids are going to be attracted to play for the All Blacks uh, if the All Blacks keep pumping everyone within the Southern Hemisphere the way they are now, Beef. No, I think you'd go to the Tongan Rugby League team at the moment. <laughs> you would go to the Tongan Rugby League team. You'd go Tauma Lolo. Uh, Stephen Donald joining us on the short ball. Uh, we've been chatting about uh, the All Blacks beef, but... We do want to start talking about Mitre 10 Cup. County's Monaco in a fight for your life at the moment, Beaver. Yeah, we're, uh, we're obviously in a bit of a sticky situation at the moment, but uh, we're, still, we're still alive, so that's the main thing. You've got to win over my tunny far, which I'm not happy about, but we'll discuss that off the phone. Um, <laughs> but, uh, How about that dive, mate? Hey, oh, You've been practising your diving, haven't you? Because you didn't what? dive on your knees this time round. <laughs> it was a lot better, wasn't it? It was, really mate. Hey, I'll yeah, give, give you 10 out of 10 for that, mate. It's abdominal strength. <laughs> it's really come on late in his career. Uh, Manu Atsu tonight, you, you must be in Palmerston North, Beef. Yeah, in the great Palmerston North at the moment, actually. So, uh, yeah, just uh, getting ready for the game, having a wee lie down. Mate, you interrupted, uh, but anyway. No, that's right. You don't need to sleep, mate. You've been sleeping most of your adult life. Now, listen, uh, <laughs> might attend Cup, mate. She's been a whirlwind. How have you found it playing for the county's Monaco Steelers, uh, birthplace, home province? Was it, has it been a good experience? It's been a great experience. Uh, obviously, we've had our we've had our trying moments this year, but I've absolutely uh, loved it. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, she's, she doesn't get any easier this competition. Uh, you have an off day and you get pumped, so it's, uh, it's a tough comp and uh, some good young boys in our team that are coming through too. You come into the India Storm, so you've got uh, Manawatu tonight, then you round out the season against uh, Tasman, mate. That's not going to be easy either. Tasman's sitting in a semi-final spot at the moment. A couple of wins for you guys. You could leapfrog them, however. Yeah, they got James Lowe, so uh, you, can, you can get inside his head. So, uh, yeah, there'd be a fair bit of chat going that way. James Lowe, of course, your Chiefs teammate, uh, and his last year as well. What, what's the first line you throw out at Jimmy Lowe just to get him off his game? <laughs> Here it comes, and he'll just start looking to the heavens. It'll be, high, be raining highballs on him. <laughs> hey, Bev, look, serious question. You know, you've been around for a wee while, and I know, you, you know, with the last, when I say a wee while, you know, a few years, 
But uh, obviously, the last time you were down in Manawatu, you had a great win on your 50th for Waikato. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> great game, man. Great game, buddy. Uh, even better afterwards. Anyway, um, you know, when you go to prepare for the games now, and, and be honest, mate, um, you know, do is there things that you sort of think, oh, well, I'll just brush over that. It's all right. It's a, just another game and things like that. And um, she'll be right. And considering, you know, you've come off the bench a little bit, do you sort of relax, relax a little bit? And, um, yeah, well, do you relax a little bit now that um, you've, you've gotten on a little bit? <laughs> I'm, still having I'm still having nightmares about that last uh, trip to Palmas North because I remember who my roommate was and he's sitting in that studio. Oh, no, no, you've got me hey, you're mistaken for Kahui. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to think. That was the game that you lined up against Aaron Cruden and the two of you just had your own game uh, while the rest of your back line stood out on the wing. And I remember that Beaver, you scored the winning try straight over the top of Cruden and Nick White was in tears at the end of the game. Uh, it's just saying why you guys have to make it so hard on him as captain. Uh, back to Millie's original question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes Millie, uh, thank you for your uh, question. Uh, yeah, a lot more, a lot more relaxed these days. To be fair, obviously, uh, you know, as you get older, you realise that it's not the beetle and end all. But um, you know, there's other things for life. But um, yeah, you still, when you're out there, you want to win just as much as you used to. But um, yeah, I guess you don't spend. Uh, the whole week and uh, leading into a game quite getting working yourself into a sickening state like you used to when you are a young fella the couple of Sundays ago Beef, uh, one of the great moments of Mitre 10 Cup this year you ran on the field against Mike Delaney um, one was 35 the other 34 what a great battle that is uh, sorry, mate. Yeah. Thirty-three. Yeah. Uh, did you admit it uh, here on the podcast today on the short ball? Did you laugh when Delaney started cramping up? <laughs> no, I just wish he'd done it a little bit earlier on some of those conversions because we could have done with those extra two points right now. I tell you. What it, we were talking about before, Beef, and uh, and you can come in on this. Uh, do you sometimes sit and look at the state of the TRC at the moment, the Rugby Championship, the fact the All Blacks won the tournament with? two games to spare, uh, the fact that South Africa is nowhere near where it should, be, should be, Australia's nowhere near where they should be, Argentina hasn't improved. Should we be worried about rugby in this part of the world? Um, oh, I mean, not from a New Zealand point of view. No. But, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a South African and Australian, uh, yeah, I guess the guy in the studio would better tell you a lot more than I did. But uh, I remember the Tom's short time that I was in the All Blacks, it was, um, yeah, there was no easy game in the championship and, that, and there certainly wasn't any hiding. So mm. um, a trip to South Africa was a pretty daunting prospect. But, um, yeah, I guess these days, at the moment, it's quite a shame because it's, it's not really for them, I wouldn't imagine. Beav, you know, you played in the Modern 10 Cup now. Is the competition still, you know, you know, up there in terms of talent and things like that? I know we, we often sit back now that you well, we don't play and, and we watch and you see individuals stand out, but... You know, having played in that years years ago and, and now, do you, is the competition still really strong, mate? Yeah, it's a tough one because I think Super, from a New Zealand point of view, is stronger these days than it used to be. Um, even with the with the player drain and stuff. Um, but the NPC, um, yeah, I think I think the NPC is still of a, of a fairly decent level compared to compared to yesteryear. I think it's, as you're talking about the championship, maybe that's as far as the other teams have slipped, but I think from New Zealand point of view, the um, the super teams, especially, I think the level is, you know, if, I think it is higher than it used to be, um, just from the level that they get to. But um, yeah, the NPC, um, maybe maybe slightly down, um, only in age though, because um, there's lots of stuff that is still of another level. But I mean, what you 
got to we got to realise the era that we're talking about. Um, you probably had from about round six onwards, you had thirty Allbacks come back into it. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's obviously going to stiffen it up where you just don't get that now. Oh, fair enough, mate. Hey, enjoy Mighty Palmerston North, buddy. Uh, have one for me, and uh, good luck tonight. Get Counties Monaco out of the relegation zone. 17 points, three clear of Waikato. Oh, wouldn't that be the most ironic thing of your career, <laughs> watching Waikato go down after you? Absolutely well, jump ship. He's licking his lips right he now. Is. Hey, yeah, hey. He is. Good luck, Dave. Thanks, guys. I don't know what you're talking about. Real pleasure to be on this call. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Donald joining us on the short ball. What a champ. Uh, great book out, by the way. Oh, hell of a book. Oh, hell of a read. Hey, uh, mate, we've got to round up the Mighty 10 Cup, uh, Millsy. And uh, Tasman obviously got up over North Harbour. Big result for the mm. Mako. Uh, Mano will take on County's Monaco tonight. That's Thursday. Ramfield Shield Challenge. Canterbury taking on Taranaki. Potentially, potentially the last Ramfield Shield game of the year. But a top-of-the-table clash. And Taranaki have defeated Canterbury before for the Ramfield Shield. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be a big game. It's going to be a massive, massive game. So yeah. looking forward to that. Canterbury hitting their, mate, they are hitting some good form mm. going into this game. Some nice, you know, good youngsters coming mm. through. But Taranaki, you know, they're capable, mate. Someone asked me the other day whether they're the dark horse. Oh, they are the dark horse, aren't they? They, they flew through the ra- under the radar for five rounds. Yeah. And all of a sudden went, what? They want second? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. They, I mean, it's because North Harbour was going so well too. True. You know? And so perhaps people didn't expect them to go as well as what they should have. Meanwhile, on the championship, uh, this is a big sorting game here. Otago is second on the table. They're going to take on Bay of Plenty on Saturday. Bay of Plenty currently sitting outside the semifinals, but a win here will see them not only jump into the semifinals, but jump up into second above Otago. Championship's been close all year, apart from Wellington, who are the runaway leaders. Yep. But how do you see that going? Otago got home advantage at four-bar stadium. Do you think Bob can get up there? Oh, I mean, not down there. It's a tough, tough ask to get up down there. But, you know, Bay of Plenty has showed glimpses eh, in, in, the, in, in all their games. Mm. They've played above, I think, one uh, the Auckland game. Um, but certainly in the scheme of things, it's going to be massive because that's, that's going to give you the home advantage come yeah. semi-final time for both teams. I agree, mate. One other game to look out for Sunday afternoon, early afternoon kickoff at Trafalgar Park. The Marco taking on Auckland. Given what we saw from Auckland mm. last weekend, uh, which was A, some spine, yeah. B, some accuracy, yeah. and D, some efficiency, C, some efficiency. Do you think that Tasman will feel worried about a rejuvenated Auckland side coming down to to Lansdowne Park? Oh, I think I think they should because now that game last week, you've seen the potential. You've mm. seen what they should be doing week in, week out. And 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 if I was looking at Tasman, yeah, they came off they've come off a, a good one against North Harbour. I'd be thinking, you know, if that team comes down uh, and plays the way that they were allowed to play, um, then we could be in for a big, big, um, well, big show really. But. This is the difficult part about Auckland. You know, they've, they've provided this awesome game. Mm. You know, can they now, have they got the mental state to back it up? Kick on. That's you know? it. That's it. Well, that's the big question. That's Mighty 10 Cup this weekend. It's week eight. Only a couple more to go. And then that competition is done as well. This has been the Short Paula Rugby Pass podcast with Millsy and Scotty talking TRC and Mighty 10 Cup. Thanks to our special guest, Stephen Donald, for joining us today. Uh, don't forget, go to Rugby Pass for all the up-to-date information, all the best stories and all the best coverage wherever you are, rugbypass.com, your one-stop shop. Cheers. Cheers.